Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, I'm joined by Michael Morrison, Senior Client Manager at New York-based legal tech startup Priori. This is not a sponsored episode, however. Although, shout out Priori, come sponsor another time. Michael's a friend who happened to be out in LA, so I invited him to my studio to catch up on things like career transitions from music to legal tech, our shared love for music, and... I had to get his opinion on my new track I've been working on. According to Michael, the word is vibe. Hope you enjoy the episode. Michael Morrison from Priori, welcome. Hi, John McCarran. Hi, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? I'm good. We're in LA. Indeed. And you came by the studio. It was only fitting. Totally. This is awesome, by the way. Thank you. What do you think of my studio here? I love it. Pretty cool for a it's legal ops person. Super cool for a legal ops person. It's cool for any person. It's cool for any particularly person. Particularly <laughs> for a legal ops person, I would say. No offense to the community. We're all cool, but this is super cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's a dream of mine to have made a room like this in my home, to have all the instruments and to make the beats and play the piano and not piss off my wife. <laughs> on to legal ops. What's been going on at Priori? Other than you guys crushed it at clock. Well, appreciate that. We take a lot of pride in our swag game, for I th- sure. You crushed the swag. It made my LinkedIn post recently. I, I, I noticed that. We appreciate the support. Yeah, like your always. little unicorn was right there. <laughs> I think your swag won, and I think your happy hour party won. Yeah, it was solid also. We like to have fun. We work hard. We uh, swag hard. We do a lot of work. Our marketing team does a lot of work prior to these things and it come shows. up with Great swag, materials, great sayings, great everything. They put us out there. So Tiny Mike's guy was running around having a real... David Drew. David Drew was having a real time. He had a time. It's all about visibility out there. Yeah. uh, David Drew and meeting him at your happy hour gives me a real, like I went to Yale and was in the acapella club feeling. (laughs) Is he an acapella guy? Is there something musical coming through the ether? He's definitely cultured. (laughs) I'll say that. David, Uh, you're cultured. You are cultured. We've had conversations about musicals or films. Yes. Music. He's a great human. I was picking up those vibes. Shout out to David. Shout out to David. Priori's cool. We've seen the product a bunch. And like I was telling you off mic, it's a matter of time before we continue to scale the OCM, the outside council management to get to the great places that Priori is meant to meet you at and take you further. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. You're, thank you're, you. That's, you're my, hired. that's um, my one minute in sales. <laughs> I could sell software. Yeah. I mean, look, one of our products is a SaaS product. It's how large enterprise legal departments manage their existing panel of law firms. It puts every bit of data at their fingertips to understand who lives in the ecosystem of their existing panel of firms. And then we have a marketplace product, much akin to like an Uber, where we match in-house teams with perfectly suited outside counsel based on data. We have both um, actually on the marketplace side. So yeah. I'm not actually selling any sort of software. I'm out there just raising awareness for the marketplace, right? Just cool. if you need outside counsel, use the marketplace, period. And that's so my, you, you my talk to there. a lot of in-house folks. A ton. Yeah. 
fun. You talk for a living about I, the product. I, I talk about the product for a living. That's kind of a dream job. Talk I, for a living. I like it. I uh, sit at a desk. I continuously click on Zoom calls. And what I like best about it is not really selling anything. Like yeah. I ask people, do you remember when you were sold Uber? No. It was sort of marketed. You were aware of it. Yeah. And then you wound up drunk at a bar and you were like, I shouldn't drive home. I need it. I was sober at a bar. I was leaving a gig in Williamsburg and my camera guy who shot us at every show said, oh, there's this new app called Uber. Watch this. And he put it in my hand and I saw the little car icon yeah, coming to me. Remarkable. And I'll never forget that moment in Williamsburg because the Uberification of it's like a new marketplace. There was yeah. like the eBay marketplace, then the Uber. Totally. So in your marketplace app, do you have a little like lawyer coming on a map? To, no, I'm just, it's too yeah, little. Yeah, but. yeah no, no, we do actually. That it's, was, it's really cute. Cool. It's, it's a cartoon lawyer that is with a little briefcase. and. <laughs> if I were a customer of your product, you would have to put up with my antics. It, and I would put that as a feature request and be like, I'm on the clockboard, put it in or we, something real listen, mafia. We would do it for you. And you would do it. We would. This is amazing. I'll have you know that one of my vendors who will remain nameless in the recording in there. Do I get to hold up signs and guess? Yeah, names? you can guess, but I might not answer <laughs> yes or no. But in there, was it their MSA? We put a lot of Easter eggs and they didn't catch all the Easter eggs Ooh. till after they signed. Yeah. And one of them was like, every call you're on with us, you have to have full Netflix swag out in the background <laughs> in your room, like really funny, fun stuff. You have to show up to 25% of our calls in Netflix gear it's amazing. And 25% of your other client calls in Netflix gear, like antics. So, okay. Two thoughts. One, I think it's hilarious, yeah. creative and amazing. And kudos to you all for doing that. Thank you. I would love to be on the other end of that. I would love to have to do crazy things. It just livens everything up, yeah, right? It's like make procurement right? fun again. You don't have to be serious all the time. The second thing is, was there any part of you that felt concerned about the fact that they didn't catch it? Or do you feel like they were just like, oh, it's Netflix. We're going to ignore it. I'm pretty sure it was the latter okay. because I think so. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if they missed it. A legal tech vendor that didn't read the agreement. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Procurement. And then we may have been a little handshaky about it. I don't know. TB, I'm going to ask them actually. Right. The you next should. time I text legal tech vendor, which is how I do lately all my vendor management. I like it. I'm like, can we enter into text? <laughs> and then one, another vendor recently said to me, so can you stop texting the CEO? Cause when you do, it could cause fire alarms. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll text you the head of product next time. How's that? And they said, yes. I mean, text is a big deal. You're graduating to a very different level of relationship. I think, start texting. I think so. I think we're going from I have this funny spectrum with vendors that we start out as frienders. We start out as frienders. No, we start out as venemies. Venemies. And then over time through tension, coming together, feedback, failures, pivoting, the whole thing, getting to success, you become frienders. I like that. So I think I'm in a good friendership with this one because I've been through another life with them where we were venemies. Venemies. I get it. We're going to need to become frienders as well. We have our own friendship, which we bond through music, but we'll have to do some work together now, as well. Forget legal ops, because this is why you came over. Mm -hmm. Our bond through music, you and I met at Clock Talk Live New York in February of 2023. And you came up to me and you were like, you do music? And I was yeah. like, yeah. 
I do music. And you said you worked for a long time in music before your legal ops career. True. What'd you do in music? I was an artist manager. I owned an artist management company for years and years and years. Prior to that, I owned a record label. Oh, right. You did a record label yeah. too. God. Yeah. You've been I'm, through the grinder I'm, of the I'm, grinder. I'm a masochist. That's become very clear to me. But you went to law school. You are a Fordham, New York barred lawyer. True. Barred anywhere else? I was barred in New Jersey, but I didn't keep it up. Yeah. I just didn't. Once I stopped practicing law, I've kept New York up. But, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to show up and be like New York, Cali, yeah. Jersey. No, not quite. But when I was a litigator, it mattered. When I was doing just contractual work for my own artists' interests or whatnot, you don't really need to be barred in any specific jurisdiction. Yeah, it didn't impact me. And New Jersey has much more stringent CLE requirements. And I didn't feel the need to spend the time sitting through like hours and hours of inane CLEs. Sorry, legal profession. No, no. Uh, but I think know. most lawyers would agree. Like some of that is topically interesting, but nobody wants to sit through certification, right. recertification. It's, as I said to my manager recently, what a racket CLEs are. You guys have to work so hard and spend so much money. Yeah. So law school, lawyer, bard, you went into litigation Bless your heart. Once again, I think that, look, I love litigators. We need them, but it's, yes. it's like shark mode. It's, it's, it's shark mode. Yeah, it's so combative it, all the time. Yeah. Even the things that aren't intended to be combative are combative. Yeah. Um, we need I'm, that for certain things in no life. Doubt. But when I'm presenting the tech or ops vision and the litigators <laughs> litigating, I'm like, guys, stop. So yeah. leaves litigation after yeah. a run. And then this is what I love about a law degree is you can like a lot of people in the music business are lawyers that become artist rep, yeah. A&R, business leaders over there. I, lo I love that about that degree, that it, it can open up worlds in your brain. Yeah, it's true. People talk to me about law school all the time. Yeah. I really, really didn't like practicing law as a litigator, but law school, I thought, trained my brain to issue spot and analyze and yeah. solve for problems in a way that I hadn't been able to prior. I remember a bunch of my buddies from undergrad. I went to Michigan. We yeah. all moved to New York and a lot of them went straight to Wall Street and we would get together for dinner yeah. and they'd be talking through certain things. And based on the way my brain was being molded, I was able to sort of issue spot and solve for X in a way that they weren't. And they were two years on the job. And we would talk about that a lot. So trains your brain really well to do a lot of things. And for me, the branch that extended over the conveyor belt of being a litigator for me was a loophole that I discovered in something called the insurable interest laws while I was working. Oh, um, say more. It's really exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, listenership's going to be thrilled. Yeah. Here we go, but, guys. Buckle uh, up. Yeah. If you're in the car, put on the seatbelt <laughs> next to you. Yeah. I started a structured finance company with a colleague of mine from the law firm. I just saw an opportunity to create an asset class that didn't exist prior there yes. too by exploiting a loophole. And we did. And we raised a bunch of capital. And I ran the company LifeSpring for a couple of years as the CEO. And we originated two and a half billion dollars in tradable synthetic insurance assets through irrevocable trust, insurance trust structures. So we did that. And we then, did that. I mean, that's so cool. You found a hole. It's yes. very startup-y because that's what startups do. Startups are like, no one is solving this blank space over here. Boom, let's set up shop. Yeah. But Issue spot, hole spotting, and then building a business or a future over. Yeah. I mean, I thought, wow, I'm a private jet kind of guy. Yeah. Right? But it only lasted two years because the insurance industry 
really didn't like it. It was essentially an arbitrage play and it preyed on certain pricing factors in the insurance space that they didn't account for somebody to sort of prey on. So they were losing money. They lobbied the government to shut this down. The government said, no, this is capitalism. So then they got smart. And now there's a question on every life insurance application that asks if you're taking out the policy for the very purpose of some plan to then flip it on the secondary market. That's uh, questions there because of you. And that question is there because wow. of, of what we did. So if you answer yes, they're within their right just to refuse to issue the policy. And if you answer no and do it, they've got you on insurance fraud. So wow. they closed that loophole through a really practical mechanism. Kudos to them. So naturally I left that and I went into <laughs> the music business. Like I said, masochist. Masochist. That is so fascinating. You should be proud of your impact. (laughs) Hey, thanks. You should get that question like tattooed down your arm (laughs) or they should put your face on that question. I like this idea. Yeah. So you went into artist management, lots of like pop music we've talked about in the past. We've shared songs. Yes, indeed. I started not in the pop space, mostly in the live music space. I started with early stages, I found a, an artist in New York City who hadn't really toured outside of New York City and yeah. didn't have much going on, but they were young and incredible. And first artist that I was like, uh, yes, please. We started working together and they've been on the Today Show. Fine. They have a great tiny desk session. They played Bonnaroo. So it was like a seven-year plan that we executed on and grew them substantially. And from there, I just started signing other artists, mostly really cool live acts. Yeah, I mean, I did that for a long time. And now a brief message from our sponsor. Complexity. It's the dreaded 10-letter word no one in legal wants to hear. Yet for professionals managing global entities, complexity is the name of the game. With ever-increasing compliance requirements, internal data requests, and the need to stay deal-ready... Spreadsheets can't keep up with the demands of modern entity management anymore. Instead, you need a purpose-built, easy-to-use solution that delivers the right information at the right time to the right people. That's where Diligent Entities comes into play. Centralize your corporate records so your decision-makers are on the same page. Automate administrative tasks and focus on what really matters. Empower your company to make the best business decisions with self-service access to the data they need. Ready to revolutionize your legal operations? Ditch the spreadsheets and visit diligent.com slash products slash entities today to stay ahead of the game with the market leader in entity management technology. And now back to the show. We were sharing some of our favorite artists recently and you got me listening to Fish again. And I would like to thank you. It's been at least a decade before I just browse through a bunch of fish albums. You're a fish fan with a PH. I'm a fanatic. I'm out here in Los Angeles with you. I flew out Sunday morning, Friday night, and Saturday night both. I went to fish at MSG. Oh. But Oh, you texted me about that because right. I was almost going to be in town yes. when you were. I went Saturday night. It ended like 11.30. Yes. I had to leave for the airport at like 4 a.m. to catch a six-something flight. So I had two choices. And you took the, I'm just going to go all the way. Yeah. So there was no sleep for me Saturday night post-fish show. Put my suitcase in a hotel room by the garden, hung out with buddies. And then at like 4 a.m. I grabbed it and I bounced and flew out here. Did you fly out of Newark? Flew out of Newark. Okay. So. Yeah. Wow. 
Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. We are not best. young men and women. That is hardcore. <laughs> it's, it's not. I'm still feeling it. How many yeah. days later? Four. Plus a little jet lag, which newsflash, New York to LA will give you jet lag. Yeah. I know because I'm hitting diamond status elite on Delta. <laughs> I fly this flight so much. Geez. Well, cool. Saw some fish. I'm listening to them again. I became like obsessive musician around the year 2000. Fish was like the two years leading up to that. So it's like a foundational time that once I started to learn to play bass and guitar, I would go back and learn their stuff. And yeah, they're nasty musicians. These guys are nasty. They were nasty then. And to put 30, 40 years of those kinds of shows on it. Like unbelievable. And I will say this, they are better now. I honestly than they've ever been in their fifties. It's remarkable. Whatever this iteration is right now. Yeah. So I saw those two shows. I also went to Syracuse. I drove three and a half hours to see them the weekend before. Wow. I've seen them well over 200 times. There's no one doing what they're doing. Musicianship is like, it's mind blowing every single time. Yes. God, I got to get to a show. I couldn't go to the LA show with you. Right. Something was conflicting that night. And I don't know what I wanted to go to more, the L.A. show or your brother's house in the Palisades, because I love <laughs> the Pacific Palisades. Those are where I would live, you guys, if commuting was a non-object in L.A. It's awesome up there. But it's yeah, awesome. Is... But I can't with the commute. I can leave this studio and be at a meeting in the Hollywood offices of Netflix in 10 minutes. That's amazing. If I drive like a New Yorker on the back streets, which you yeah, know I do. Of course. No, no, let me put this in terms you understand. I drive like a New Jerseyer. I love it. And I know the distinction between New York drivers and New Jersey. And I am like tri-state on my driving. I know how to be a real jerk in Connecticut and just be like my best self jerk in New Jersey. The greatest drive maneuver was named for New Jersey. It's called the Jersey Slide. When there's a huge backup of cars to get off a highway or for any reason, right? If we're narrowing down to two lanes from three, you ride as far up as you can possibly go with the regular flow of traffic and cut in as late as humanly possible. That's the Jersey Slide? Jersey Slide, yeah. Putting a name to it just makes it official. I see that. Actively on the streets of New York, New Jersey. Yeah, we are a unique brand. You're so unique. And this is a (laughs) weird story about New Jersey drivers. When New Jerseyers come over to Manhattan, you have a couple tunnels choices. Indeed. And my... And a bridge. And a bridge choice, the GWB. This is a funny story where my general counsel almost hit me with his car coming from New Jersey. So not this one, but many companies back at a startup I was at. He was a New Jersey native and my New York condo is right near the Holland Tunnel roundabout in Tribeca. Okay. So everywhere I walk, when I walk out of my condo, I'm actually dealing with all the New Jersey people that just spit out on four options. (laughs) So I'm crossing my quaint little Tribeca street and it's a stop sign crosswalk that they're supposed to yield to. You guys don't do that. I mean, when you guys get some of us do. No, please. (laughs) When you get into Manhattan, you all go animal style, as they would say at In-N-Out in California. And so I'm in the crosswalk and this guy just jerks forward in his BMW 7 an inch from my leg. And I have the hoodie up, the sunglasses on and a black hat like this. So I do my normal New York routine, which is arms all the way out. Yep. Like, what's up? And just like unloaded. Yeah. Like, because it's really scared me. So very New York encountering very New Jersey. Uh-huh. 
And the man is embarrassed and looking down like, oh my God, I almost just hit this person. And I look at this man who's avoiding eye contact and it's my general counsel. Are you kidding? What from, are the chances of that? From the company prior. I, I was oh, a, it, You weren't there. I, it the wasn't time. active. It was like two GCs ago. Uh, but he was, so. yeah, he was Tanberg. And then I went to Cisco and this probably happened when I was at Spotify crossing uh, the street. And so I was like, wow, that was Steve. And weirdly, all the people I ever worked for in legal, all my bosses or GCs were yeah. named Steve. I am in a sitcom of my own life. <laughs> so I sent him an email later. The subject was that person you almost hit in the crosswalk in Tribeca today was me. Good to see you. <laughs> Careful response, out there. Response. He was like, wow, just what are the odds? And you want to get together and catch up and have lunch. I'll take you to lunch for almost mowing you down. <laughs> and so we went to lunch and I said to him, you You're know. skipping the most important detail. What? Where was lunch? Lunch was in Midtown was at one of the. A nice, expensive. Of course. Uh, yeah. Place. Steve was always so, he had great taste, great class, brought me to a nice spot in Midtown. It was like a big box seafood restaurant something nice I love the food I don't remember what restaurant and we were talking and then I was updating him and I'm like Steve somehow I'm like becoming a legal ops superstar so thank you for when you plugged me in at Cisco through the acquisition integration the M&A I said thanks for like unplugging me way down here and then when he plugged me in he was like let's make Jen a career grade nine or something very big that I was capable of but not actual like I wasn't actually working at that level yet right and he like thrust me in up high and I was like well you almost killed me but thank you for my career it's working I mean that's amazing yeah and he was like his mind impacted your life in multiple ways multiple ways I near death and up near death and near life career the plugging in (laughs) and he would give me the best constructive feedback he'd be like he really liked me but he'd be like, but you're terrible at work. <laughs> but he's like, I know you're a musician and you're pursuing that on the side. And he would let me live a double life yeah, and let me be an underperformer or very tired the next day. And he's like, so if you ever hang the music up or want a break, he's like, I think you'd be really good in one of these jobs. And he like planted that seed with a little bit of a dig, but then a positive growth yeah. thing. And it worked. He might be the guy. I think he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. Steve, kudos, man. Thank you, Steve Perry, for everything that's going on right now. Not the Steve Perry that... Not the Steve (laughs) Perry, which is a funny... The Steve Perry, who's the former lead singer of Journey. That's right. Not Not that Steve Perry. If that was my general counsel, that'd be the end of the podcast. (laughs) I'd be like, where do we... Where does one go from don't stop believing? No, just same name, different guy. Just a general counsel at a billion dollar startup. Well, Michael, I want to play you my latest pop track since you've had this storied career in music management and I love feedback. And when I play songs for people, I study their response because it gives me a direction to go or not. It's very important how it's received. Do you want to hear my new pop song? I would love to hear your pop song. Amazing. I'm going to cue it up. The story of this pop song is, A, the challenge was, let's write another song that's like Lips Like Candy. You've heard that. Which I think is great. Thank that, you. That is a great song. It's so poppy and summer. That was the summer. one that stood out when yeah. you sent me songs originally. That yeah. I thought it was just, it was, what, it was a bop. 
that's that's what you wrote was, back. Yeah. You're like, this is a bop, which is what the kids call like a great song. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That means it may have commercial pop viability. That's how yeah. we tried to write it. And I had to like hit myself in the head to write that song and like really dumb it down because <laughs> I kept writing like a sad indie rock song. And my engineer was like, oh, enough with this. And then it came out really well. And I was like, oh, just be simpler and like pretend I'm in fourth grade and only speak at that level and be like chocolate sweet and butterscotch lick me like a lollipop. I wouldn't say that in fourth grade, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So the challenge with this song is write another one that has that feel. So disco octavy feel upbeat song. And then I was obsessed with flowers. Like who wasn't fastest song in a billion streams. Yep. Of course. Miley Cyrus flowers. And we were in the studio and we were like, let's create the music first and then try to find something fun and name it after a flower. So we called it tulips. And then we were like, what do we say about tulips? They're like the, and this was a real writing session that we were just pulling out of the air. We're like, tulips are like a flower you get that are amazing and pretty at first. And then after like 24 hours, you're like, what was I thinking? (laughs) This is an inferior flower. And then we found a story of that in like a relationship where you start out with someone and you're like, you're amazing. And no, you're just tulips to me. And then we did a double entendre. Like you're just tulips to me. It was like, you were great for 24, 48 hours. Then you started stalking me at parties and (laughs) cutting your hair like me coming everywhere I'm going. And it turns out it wasn't a great relationship. Sounds like it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But but the worst relationships tend to make the best songs. Exactly. I'm going to cue this song up and I'm only going to play. And I wrote in new pop formula where I start with the chorus. I give it to him first. Uh I'm going to play you like opening chorus verse pre-chorus and then I'm going to stop it. Love it. All right. Stand by here. Baby, you're just tulips to me. That's it. That's such a vibe. It's a vibe, right? Such a vibe. And it's like... The bass line, the hook is really memorable. Yeah. Honestly, it is. I mean, if I didn't like it, I would say, I don't care. Yeah, right? I would like expect I, transparency from And it. my opinion doesn't mean 
anything. But that is like super danceable, super remixable, so you can yes. really get it out there, speed it up like the TikTok kids are doing, slow it down, like play around with it. I think that has more commercial legs than anything you've played for before. It's just a bop, <sighs> like that's a vibe, right? You wanna stand up and dance to it. Tell me what you think about my bass solo. I really embellished on this one. Here we go. There's my, there's my strings. It's, it's, oh, there you yeah, go. there she is. There she is indeed. Oh, man. I went for it. I put a bass solo I, in it. I love it. Thank you. It's uncommon, but I needed my moment. I was in a mood. I get it. It's your show. You get to do what you want, but it works for that. That's it, it a, that is, The word is vibe. That's the word that applies to that track. You guys, me. the word is vibe. That should be the name of the episode. I feel like <laughs> in legal ops, the word is vibe. We're trying to just make cool products, cool tech. Lawyers' lives better. Legal departments run faster. We hang out a clock together. The word is vibe. Indeed. <laughs> the word is vibe. And we're sitting in LA, which is just everything around here is vibe. Do you know this is studio land? Yeah, no doubt about it. Like Henson's right there. Uh, oh, I know. Someone's probably in there. I've had multiple artists record at Henson, Studio A at Henson. So little known facts. So the artist I was telling about, Sister Sparrow, Randy Jackson produced one of their EPs Yes, um, and just did it as a favor. Yes. He didn't ask to get paid for it, nothing. He also produced, I had a band called The Main Squeeze, who, if you haven't heard those guys, oh man. And he produced one of their albums just out of kindness. That man is one of the kindest men on the face of the earth, by the way. But yeah, he's, side point, he, he used seems to work really nice. And, uh, yeah. He's a great producer and a great bass player. I mean, bass is really his thing. We're really tying the room together, as uh, Big Lebowski would say. Journey. He played bass in Journey for a hot minute. That's right. And like a younger phase. We're back. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Randy, for those that don't know out there, played bass on Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby. Like that bass line. is him he's iconic yeah indeed he was my neighbor in my former hollywood apartment oh no way i was at my desk one day getting a package from the doorman and the doorman goes good evening mr jackson and randy starts talking to the doorman and i was like no way (laughs) his voice is very memorable yeah oh sure did you ever get to go into henson into any of your former artist sessions yeah i was in sessions all the time did you ever see the Karen Carpenter crystal? No, I don't think so. There's, if I did, it wasn't sort of shared. Oh, uh, okay. That so was something to see. I thought it was in A where the room is apparently haunted by her because it was one of her favorite oh, wow. studios because she was a real like studio darling yeah. of all of these studios in the 70s. So apparently she's haunting the room and they put in a big crystal to keep her calm Wow. because she'll start like messing with the lights. I'm like, yeah, Karen Carpenter, get him. She's one of my... Believe it or not, my biggest vocal influences. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a cool story. I look, I learned something new also. Yeah. She's like one of the originators of doubling your vocal harmony in a unique way. Is about, that right? Yeah. The 70s sound. Wow. Her yeah. and her brother were very early innovators on that. Love that. And she's like cool. a deep voice yeah. singing badass drummer. Yeah. Hero. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. Hero. 
Love it. Obsessed. R.I.P. Karen Carpenter. But keep haunting Henson <laughs> through your crystal. Michael, any last thoughts or things that we're leaving on the table that you need to just get out into uh, Clock Talk and our legal ops community? Will I see you in Clock Amia? Are you guys going to Europe? Not that I know of. Priori. I'll be at Summit by the Sea. You're going to go there? Oh, you're going to Summit? Yeah. You're going to Collins thing? That's not far away from here. Right? It's in Santa Barbara this year? Yes. Yeah. Which Santa is, Barbara Ritz. Which is not bad. Not bad digs, yeah, not bad digs. Colin. Yeah. I think I had a conflict with that because it might be right around Clockamia. Maybe. And I decided to go, yeah, Europe. support the team over cool. in London and run around. So Summit will be fun. You'll have fun. Yeah. I like, I was there last year. It was, uh, it was yeah. good times and uh, a lot of smart people. Last thoughts. Everybody should use Priori. How's that for a last thought? Everybody should use Priori. If you're a legal ops person or a lawyer or someone caring about doing law firm panel selection better, think about Priori. It's the product. It's the flagship product in this space right now. Thanks, John. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm plugging you guys. I love your leadership. I think you're all brilliant. We love the product. Cool. And uh, keep that swag game going strong. Oh, we will. And I think you all should have purple jackets next year. <laughs> a jacket was noted fire. <sighs> yeah, it was. When I looked at it, I was like, this costs at least 120, right? <laughs> he said, yeah, that's why we, you guys all didn't get them. That's right. Like, swag is hard, but next year I will look to Priori to crush it. We're going to send you a purple jacket, by the way. Oh, please. That's the thing. Oh, it's coming. I'd wear that. Michael, thanks for coming on. Rock on. Have fun in LA this week. Thanks so much, John. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Thanks for your song feedback. Hey, my pleasure. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Michael, for stopping by the studio. You can catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.